1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about, well, preparing your kids to be, or raising your kids to be preppers. How about that? Um, I don't know. When when you're a prepper, a lot of the things one that gets overlooked is kind of uh, like planning for the kids, how to deal with it. But I think a lot of it is is that kind of prepper mindset and things that, you know, affect who your kids are. And, and it's really just kind of how we raise them. But we're going to cover some stuff and, and things you can do. I guess the first thing when you're bringing a kid into the world and, and preparing, uh, you know, everything and you want everything to go smoothly, I guess you kind of start with the house, right? The environment that you put them in, you know, we buy them the safe car seat and the you know, the different things to take them out and make sure they have the right clothes and whatever. But there's a lot of things you can do right at home that, that really make your house a little better for kids. Kevin, kind of where would you start? Well, I think a lot of, a lot of stuff gets, gets overlooked. When I hear people, you know, I, I was talking to somebody and they said something about, you know, they, they had a kid on the way and they really wanted to step up their preps. And they were telling me about the different things they're going to do as far as, you know, getting a, a camp stove and camping gear and and stocking up on ammunition and things like that. But camouflage baby carrier. Yeah, but well, I mean, one of the things that that gets overlooked with that sort of stuff is is the basic safety. Um, you know, basic safety things that are most likely to to really uh, really happen and affect your your kids. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people overlook. Uh, a lot of basic safety when it comes to kids, um, you know, like smoke alarms and, and carbon monoxide detectors. Uh, you should have those in, in any room that somebody's sleeping. And, uh, you know, also near, you know, where, where you're most likely to have a fire start or, you know, carbon monoxide leak, you know, down by your, your furnace or your, um, you know, your wood stove or something like that. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, a lot of that basic safety stuff gets overlooked a lot of the time. Um, you know, also fire extinguishers. I know people that have fire extinguishers and they're, you know, out in their garage underneath a bunch of fucking crap, you know, that you can't even get to. 
Um, fire extinguishers should be strategically placed, you know, in the kitchen, under underneath the sink or wherever, you know, in the, you know, in the basement next to your wood stove, near your wood stove, not next to it. You don't want the damn thing exploding. But you get the idea. You know, you want to have them accessible. Right. Um, also, you want to have a, a basic home escape plan. Uh, if there is a fire or, you know, some sort of an emergency, uh, which is, you know, it's pretty straightforward, but, uh, you also have to think about, you know, if you have a second floor or a third floor, you also have to think about how you might be able to get out of those, you know, the second or third floor, um, having a plan for that sort of stuff is, is pretty important when it comes to, uh, basic everyday safety. But, uh, you know, as far as, as far as having a new kid. I think there's a lot of a lot of little, you know, baby books that tell you all the, the dumb shit you need to do. Well, do all that dumb shit, you know, put the little plugs in the outlets that aren't being used and, and uh, get the Mr. Yuck stickers and, and lock your cabinets. You know, do, now, do you, you remember Mr. Yuck? You missed, you remember Mr. Yuck stickers? I was talking to somebody and they had no idea what nope. I was talking about. That, you know, there's. Yeah, but that's because we're old. Is it is that what it is? They don't have Mr. Yuck anymore. Mm. They don't have to bother because now kids are eating the Tide Pods and whatever. It's it's kind of normal. But you just do it, huh? You just eat that. You shit. know, we're a chem we're a chemical world. You know, it's chemical age. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think now they actually say, "All right, instead of the dumb stickers, how about you just lock your uh, supply cabinet and mm-hmm. keep the kid out of there." Mm-hmm. that's the other way to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was always raised when I was a kid, you know, to, to learn from your mistakes. So, you know, there you they go. just, they just fed me, you know, uh, bleach and shit like that. And eh, don't do when, that when again. You were put, <laughs> when you were putting the fork in the electrical socket, they were like, Hey, come here, watch this. <laughs> yeah. Nope, it's not and gonna that, work with four prongs. You have to bend two of those prongs back first so it'll fit in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You're a horrible parrot. That's what that sounds like. Now, um, now I thought you just get like a good pet, like think flipper or maybe mm-hmm. lassie. Right. And then the pet does the parenting for you. Right. That's really how it's supposed That's, to work. Um, you know, whatever happened to Flipper? You never see that anymore. I mean, that was yeah, they go-to. remade Lassie a million times, but uh, they didn't remake. You know, they really, uh, I, from what I hear, they really like treated Flipper like shit when he wasn't on TV. Is that what it was? Yeah. All right. The remote. I, I am Flippers, told but... that the future holds a lot of. Okay, I was told that uh, you know they're talking about AI and robots in the future. That one of the big things they're worried about, and this is actually true. You can look this up. They're making robot freaking uh, dolphins because it's such an outcry that uh, we have all these ones at like SeaWorld and stuff. And it's just not fair to them. They need to go back to the wild. So we need robot dolphins to you know take their place that we won't even notice the difference. They're just really? trying to work out the tricks. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I guess that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think that's important. That's not not a concern of mine. Okay. I mean, you know, hey, teach his own. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you don't care about the cute dolphins and killer whales. I yeah, mean, yeah. Seriously, though, um, you know, fuck those dolphins. Dolphins rape people. Now, is, this, is this not a kid-friendly episode? Um, all right. So, anyway, back to raising kids. The uh, – so the house, anything else to uh, kind of like maybe some escape routes? Yeah, we, you said you needed a plan. Yeah, you want to have it an escape plan, and and you want to you want to have your your kids have to know about the plan. It doesn't doesn't help if if it's just you and you and the messes and and uh, the kids don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. So not, not bad. Another thing that I uh, we should mention is is along with the Mister Yuck is the the medicine cabinet. Um, you know, most kids, you know, when they're old enough to get into the medicine cabinet, they're old enough to know better, and and they have the safety locks on the medicine. You know, most of the medicine and stuff like that. 
but it's good to keep it keep it secured that that you know a toddler isn't going to climb up on something and and get in there or, you know wherever you you store your medication make sure it's not easily accessible to to the little little guys or mom keeps the mints and the Xanax in the purse and they're mm-hmm. right next to each other. <laughs> kids always like, well, I like the mints. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll like the Xanax. Mommy likes the Xanax. Mommy you know, likes it. I, I don't know. Yeah. Now, what do you think? I saw a million, uh, a million posts here that, that recommended locking up your guns. Now, what do you, what is your position on locking up guns? I, I would recommend don't have kids then. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that just solves that problem. It's one of those takes care of itself. Um, I mean, I think, so I, I live in a, uh, in a home where, where we worry about that kind of thing. And so what I find is the guns, honestly, I live in a state where it works out, where the guns on my hip 99% of the time, check it out. There yep. it is. He's ready to go. And, you know, because it's there. And then, so the gun's there. Uh, if it's on your person, you're kind of, what do they say, in positive control of it. Right. Um, there's no reason that the rest of the guns can't be put away. Um, if your handgun is your kind of go-to home defense weapon, then having your handgun, you know, when you're setting it on the nightstand, when you're going to bed or whatever, I, I don't see an issue with that when it's in your control. Now, leaving it on the kitchen counter when you come in, like all the cop buddies I have and whatever, that's maybe not, you know, the same thing, you know, where you come in and you're like, yep, I'm setting it down, whatever. Right. Keys, and wallet, gun. That, that's another, yeah. right. That's another story. But, you know, so that that's my go-to. Um, if you're in positive control, you know, if you're in the room, yeah, oh yeah, you're sleeping. But what, your three-year-old's not gonna, you know, whatever. That's my take. Teach, you know, their own. Everybody do their thing. I'm sure there's some horrible story if you look on the internet of the, the one time that it went wrong where the guy had it on his nightstand. And it doesn't mean you can't... Um, what I actually do is um, I have a uh, a bookshelf right next to my, my bed and I end up, uh, I have it set like in the shelves kind of thing where it's very accessible. And I also have those like night glow uh, night sights. So it's kind of pretty easy to see in the dark, you know, to just reach over and grab it. But it's not something you walk in and see is obvious. You know what I'm saying? Like I know, you know, it's not something that's, hey, look at this fun treat right here for me. Um, I do think it is kind of irresponsible on the the women keeping them in their purse and whatever when they have the little kids and you always see, you know, these stories of the the purse and all that, you know, where it becomes an issue. Um, But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a woman keeping it on her person. But not in your control, leaving it in a bag that you just leave around, I think, is a horrible idea. Right, right. You know, and I think that's a horrible idea anywhere, whether you have small kids or not, you know. Right, right. And I think that, uh, I think that when it comes to, uh, you know, guns and, and kids, I think it's important. One of the important things to do is, is make sure that your kids understand what a gun is and how it works. You know what I mean? Kids aren't aren't always like stealing dad's keys and running out and driving the car around because they're familiar with the car and, and how it operates. They're not curious about it, you know? And, you know, obviously you're not going to train a, a three or four-year-old how to use a firearm. But, you know, when your kids re- start reaching nine, 10, 11 years old, um, you can teach them basic firearm safety. And, uh, you know, even take them out, show them how it works and, and that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, make it less of an, an oddity area, a curiosity that they want to play with it. And uh, I think keeping, like you, like you said, keeping the majority of your, your firearms locked in a safe is a, is a great idea. Just to keep it from getting stolen and a lot of other, other reasons. But, you know, having something accessible to your person like you said, on your nightstand while you're sleeping, 
um, it's not it's not going to be so interesting to them to to play with if they're they're familiar with it. Yep. Um, and again, I mean, you know, if you want to take it to the next level, they have the hand, uh, you know, the hand locks and the different, you know, you have the little vaults that you can do that are quick and easy. And that's fine, too. I have no problem with that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, again, you know your lifestyle. You know, is your two-year-old sneaking in your bed while you're asleep or whatever every night? But then maybe you do want something a little more secure, you know? Or it's, it really depends. It depends on your lifestyle and your instance. You know your kids. But I, I think the positive control is is really the answer, you know, just keeping it where it's with you rather than, you know, around, you know, um, what kind of stuff when, when we, we worry about the end of the world, I know everybody likes to have stuff and what kind of things come up? Like, what do you need as a, as a, as a parent that you wouldn't need otherwise? Well, I know it's tough when you're a new parent, right? When they're brand new babies, right? Breastfeeding is going to be hopefully your answer, not so much the health and all that, although the, I think that's the case. But the bottom line, dealing with formula and stuff is going to be tough. Right, right. Um, having having access be to hard. clean water yeah. might not be the, the, you know, might not be the best thing or might, might not baby be the easiest bottles. thing. Right. Um, if you're breastfeeding, you're still going to want to have a stockpile of formula if you're really seriously considering, mm-hmm. um, you know, issues. Uh Mom should have uh, multivitamins, um, you know, something to keep up the uh, the vitamin level. Uh, bleach and stuff, cleaning supplies for the bottles. Um, think about babies. Think about cloth diapers. Think about an alternative because, man, you can't stockpile enough diapers to get you through the apocalypse. Think about baby wipes, which are always a great you know, stockpile uh, item anyway, whether you have babies or not. Um, And one of the things I've had trying to buy like bulk baby wipes or whatever, they always seem to be dried out whenever I I get around to them. So I don't know, kind of see what happens there and test it out. Um, You may want to also think of something to keep your kid distracted, calm, quiet, and happy. Uh, one of the things, uh, that people do sometimes like, you you know, that was, uh, they talked about, uh, in the movie, the pianist, one of the, uh, the mothers, they, they were being rounded up and she, uh, they, they just showed in the scene was she was all despondent because she had killed her baby by accident by, uh, like smothering them so much, trying to keep them quiet from the Nazis. Right. And, and that's a thing. Like, how do you, you know, if you're trying to hide or something, you know, in that scary prepper world or bad people come is that, do you have a way to keep your kids, you know, quiet? Um, mm-hmm. And it's damn near impossible with certain ages. Do you maybe have like a quiet room, a place that's insulated well that you could really, you know, go hide? Do you have a good hide place? Um, lollipops are a nice thing to keep, you know, their, their mouths distracted and whatever, um, you know, things like that. But what else? Um, what other kind of stuff, Kevin, what would you think you'd need for supplies? Or is that, is that really the, yeah, well, I think one of the, one of the things that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're ever packed a baby bag to take baby out for, for a trip, you know, you always need to have snacks. You know, one of those, one of the great things for that is, is cereal, you know, cereal, you can, you can store that in a Ziploc bag in an airtight, you know, type of, type of thing. And it'll last for a long time. You know, if you store it properly, you rotate it out. Right. Right. And, uh, another thing that I think is important for, for kids, um, when they have their own rooms and when they're getting a little bit older is, is keep, th- you know, things for them, their own like gear together for them, you know, like a flashlight right next. Yeah. They're going to lose that flashlight every couple of days and you're going to have to get a new one. That's fine. You can have 5,000 flashlights in your house. It's not a, that's, that's probably a good thing when you're randomly finding flashlights all over and yeah, they're going to shine it in your face and you're going to 
lose, you know, be night blind and things like that. But, but having that sort of safety stuff kind of puts, gives your kid their own sense of, uh, you know, that they can, they can take care of themselves. They have the ability to, to help maintain their, their own lifestyle and their own safety. Um, and as, as the kids get older, you know, you have to teach them how to do stuff. Don't have a swimming pool in the backyard that you have to fence in and worry about all the time. Teach your kids how to swim, you know? Um, Kevin, the laws say we have to fence it in. Well, so, yeah, yeah so that's you know, that's fine. You can fence it in. But, but teach your kids how to swim, and you can start when they're little. Two, three years old, you can start teaching. You know, infants, you can start putting them in the water. Yeah. Um, no, they really do. They, they get them swimming so early. Um, last thing, like I would with, as far as gear goes, I didn't want to let it get away is, uh, don't like think of a good infant carrier or ways, or even as your kids get a little older in that four and five, you know, a four and five year old, isn't going to be able to make a 10, 10 mile hike, you know, that kind of thing. You need to think of ways to, you know, help them move to carry the extra gear related to a kid. Think of what your kid needs. Like Kevin was saying with the the diaper bag or whatever, you end up with so much stuff in there and that's just for going out, you know, going into town or whatever, you bring all that. So there are a lot of supplies. Um, Kids constantly need snacks and whatever to keep them happy. You're going with the carbs, you know, all the time. So it is something you want to be aware of. But I think one of the biggest parts of raising your kids and and having them be able to handle or deal with disaster situations is to make your kids confident Mm -hmm. and, you know, teach your kids to be confident, self-assured and, and the way to do it, we're going to, you know, give you some tips because there's a lot of steps you can take that will give your kids, you know, the confidence to feel like they can take care of themselves that's what's really going to make the difference. You know, the kids that are going to thrive in a tough situation, you know, in the aftermath of a hurricane in the, you know, in the apocalypse are going to be the ones that, you know, aren't terrified, right. the ones that actually can take care of themselves to some extent. And that's the thing. The more somebody knows how to take care of themselves, the more confident they're going to be because mm-hmm. you're not going to be afraid when you know you can handle a situation. So how do we do that? How do we make our kids confident? Yeah. Well, I mean, that is a, that is a, a good point before we get into that is, is don't, don't scare your kids about shit. You know, that's not helpful. Get having your kids afraid <laughs> of everything is not, is not a good, good situation. Um, you know, to me personally, no. I, I really like kids that are just, you know, bad, bad kids. I like bad kids, you know, kids that throw rocks. You were a bad kid. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, but you know, when I, when I have like a, you know, the bad kid from the neighborhood, the little bully, the little jerk around the neighborhood. And I take them with me and my, my kids and go out camping and stuff. They love that shit. You know what I mean? They love being outdoors and doing the, doing the outdoor stuff. And you know, all of a sudden they start listening because somebody's paying attention to them, you know? All of a sudden, they start behaving themselves. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, teaching kids about prepping and things like that, one of the best ways to do it is is to make it, you know, a fun adventure. Um, like taking your kids out camping, taking them out hiking, you know, doing those outdoor stuff that's that's fun for them. Um, you know, take them down to the local swimming hole and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, we talked briefly about you know, training, teaching kids how to shoot and, you know, having a, a 22 or even a, a BB gun for the kids to practice yeah. with is, uh, you know, real helpful. Yeah, uh, definitely a BB gun, paintball, that kind of thing. Airsoft, I guess, is the new modern world. Um, mm-hmm. So, and even laser tag, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, early on, you know, very early, you can start with something like that. Uh, so there's a lot of books that I think you could start out with. Um, like uh, they have Who Pooped in the Woods, uh, Scat and Tracks, um, all kinds of little, you know, Who Pooped in the North Woods. They have Who Pooped in the Desert, all kinds of books like that. But there's 
There's actually, I even saw a, uh, a uh, whole series called the Outdoor School Series. Now, that one I have not read. I have read the uh, Who Pooped in the Woods and the ones like that. Those I can vouch for. They're pretty cool, and they're going to, you know, they're going to take your kid to the next level. Now, a lot of that is not that your kid should be a tracker and, and you need to make your kid into the survival whatever. No, it's one, you're teaching them a useful skill, but two, you're teaching them confidence. Because if you understand what's going on and how things work, then you're going to end up being confident and less scared of it. You know, when you hear a noise in the woods, oh, I bet that's this animal that I already know about. Mm -hmm. And I know what kind of threat that animal is to me or not to me. Yeah. You know, you know if you should be afraid or not afraid. Um, That kind of thing. The, uh, uh, well, I I know this is the touchy one. Everyone uh, hated Rush Limbaugh. I I thought he was pretty cool, to be honest. But he had those, (laughs) uh, those Rush Revere books. Mm -hmm. But they were really pretty good. Um, There's another set of books. There's a guy, Brian Smith that has a bunch of children books on executive function and it's kids stories, but on how to handle the basic life skills that so many kids are becoming young adults and don't have. And there are things like um, how to be organized, you know, Oh, I lost my thing. And, and what do I do? And it's, you know, it's geared towards that. I think they're like four and five year old. It might be 10, 11. I, I don't know little kids. I don't really remember the ages and whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's all these books on that executive function. And it, uh, you know, helps you sort out, you know, how to navigate life. And teaching your kids those skills is crucial. One of the things, like I think back to my childhood and, and you compare to, you know, all the kids with the video games now. And obviously there were some kind of video games when we were kids, but, you know, it was all very limited. I think, you know, I did still grow up in the generation where we had Mario and, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, it, it started out, I'm so old, it was like Pong. And then, but then I remember Atari, ball, yeah. Uh-huh. Pitfall and Contra and then, then moved into, you know, whatever. But Here's the thing. And if I, I recall kids, correctly, yeah. I believe that you had the the famous um ET Atari game. Oh I that didn't was an ET that did nothing. <laughs> like there is no yeah, point in the game. Little Reese's pieces around the yeah. like you'd find I don't know. It sounds horrible. But it was yeah, yeah it was a horrible game. You remember better than me on that one. But uh <laughs> anyway, the uh the idea is what I was going to get at is, you know, kids stare at their phone and whatever. And, and yeah, it's cool that you have, you know, the information. They always say, oh, well, you having a cell phone and the way the Internet is now, you have more information than when Bill Clinton was president. You know, you have more access to real time information. And yeah, that's neat. But yeah, no, you know, it, it's not really the one thing is that information's always there and you can go get it when you want it. Mm-hmm. So nothing is gained by staring at Facebook 24 seven. And I was, so I was trying to compare in my head, like my childhood versus the childhood that somebody has now, you know, where they sit there and we have all these games and, and stimulation and, and different things. And I wouldn't trade it. I mean, I had such a great time outside doing things mm-hmm. and I think there's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, no, I'm not saying your kids need to be, you know, working on the farm nonstop, whatever. And, but getting stuff done is good, but also go on out and do things. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. just have to be, yeah, do outside chores, go chop wood, go, go feed all the animals, go stack hay, go whatever. It doesn't have to be all that. It can be, hey, let's go camping. Let's go as mm-hmm. a family and, and do some fun things, you know, make time for your kids spend time with each other and maybe that does cost you some work dollars or whatever where you know you don't have as much stuff and and things but let's uh let's get them outside so there's a lot of things a lot of skills um like how to read a map right 
have a day or right. days where you do navigation. You know, what mm-hmm. if you even drew a map of your yard? You know, hey, hey, kids, let's, you know, all right, my yard's only a quarter of an acre. That wouldn't be that fun. Maybe you do that when they're even smaller. But what mm-hmm. if we went to the park and we mapped it out? Right. You know, or or we like to go to, you know, um, I, I know where I lived in New York, there were some mountains and whatever, and there's a bunch of trails. What if we drew out those trails or we got a map and we navigated them without the signs and we figured it out? You know, mm-hmm. these are the kind of things you could be doing and really understand how to navigate, um, how to build a fire, right? That you can do in a small yard and, you know, in a closed area. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a big fire. You can make right. a really small fire and just see what you can do. Um, what to do, like how to find water. Dude, if you watch some YouTube and yeah, you get to use your phone for that. You get a little time on the computer. Go figure out how to freaking, uh, you know, where to find water in the woods. You know, there are actually some tricks like that. Mm-hmm. How to tap a tree and get water out of a tree. That's right. something you can figure out, you know? These are things that, you know, with, I, I know me and my job now, obviously everybody's world is different. My job, I might have an hour or two of downtime where I can spend a little time doing research. I could put together a project list where on the weekend, and I don't mean, you know, your kids are going to be like, screw you. If you're like, hey, you know, here's some ideas, go make this work. They're not going to be into it. But if you make the time to go spend two hours and maybe you don't sleep in on Saturday, you know, maybe you get up at at seven or whatever or six or whatever is early for you. You go run the errands you have to run or you go out with your kid at six and say, hey, tomorrow morning we're going to go, you know, do this for three hours and you still have your day. You know, there's ways to do it. There's ways Mm -hmm. to find time to spend time with your kids. But these are the things that are going to build confidence. Um, looking for like a uh, emergency first aid class, something like that. And they have ones that are kind of geared towards kids. And, you know, some of them have age limits and, oh, well, you can only do this class if you're 16 and older or whatever. All right. But you do the ones you can do. Um, and there is a lot of video series and things like that. But you know what? If you made it fun, if you got some of the supplies and, hey, I'm going to order $30 worth of bandages and nonsense, or you know what? You know what would be cool for little kids like a 10-year-old? They have those home suture kits, and mm-hmm. they have where the with the fake skin, and you can practice suturing it up. Yep. Tell me a kid wouldn't love spending the time and doing that and learning how to do it, and that skill wouldn't build confidence and be a useful skill that they'd have throughout life. I mean, mm-hmm. tell me I'm wrong on that. You know that's a good time, right? Right. Um, I mean, maybe it's gross and whatever. I don't know. I, I think that's a good time. I think kids kids want to spend time with you. They want to learn what you know. They look to you as, as a, you know, a hero. Um, and if they don't, maybe there's another issue there that you right. need to look at, you know, but that's the thing you should be making time and show them that they're important and valuable. That's, I, I, I don't know if you, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you guys know, uh, that I did some work with groups doing, uh, uh, dealing with, uh, recovering people from sex trafficking and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they look for is kids that are vulnerable, you know, that can be manipulated and whatever. And the reason that they're vulnerable is because they don't have confidence. They don't, they look for the kid who runs around and is like, hey, you know, I had a uh, a bad childhood and, and, you know, my mom doesn't love me and I'm neglected or dad hits me and whatever. Or, hey, you know, I just have really bad self-esteem and I look bad at myself and whatever. Mm -hmm. Those are the kids because the kids don't see themselves as valuable. And therefore, they would rather, you know, hey, I'll hurt your family if you don't come with me. They don't see themselves as having value. Whereas when a kid has confidence and a kid sees themselves as a valuable player, they see that mom and dad love me. They see that, hey, 
One, I can handle my own business. I don't need somebody else. Hey, I know things will work out when I go to my parents and I talk to them. And, you know, I mean, some of the stories, you go back to our older episodes, I talked about the different things. Um, it, it really, you know, can be rough, but there is so much that confidence will do for your kids. And I'm telling you, these are the ways to do it. And yet we like, you know, I'm giving all the examples of outdoor skills. I mean, teaching your kids the basics at home inside, you know, how to prepare a meal. Hey, you know, each one of the kids needs to make a meal next week. And I'm going to teach you one meal that you can make, you know, with everything and go through the steps, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, preferably something that you're going to typically have on hand so they can always kind of take charge. The more people can handle things you know, the better it's going to be. And you can really develop, you know, better tasting meals and more complicated and whatever. Hey, we're going to bake brownies. Hey, we're going to, you know, do this. You just get more and more. And that confidence is going to be what, you know, takes your kids into the next level and it's going to keep them out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I hate to say, a little scarier end of things, um, recognizing that there are bad people out there. People like to paint a nice happy picture and live in this fantasy world of everything is good and everyone means well and, you know, all that. That's not really the case in the real world. People Mm -hmm. don't always mean good. Not everybody's good. Even teachers might not be, you know, when your kid's a four-year-old, telling them to listen to the teacher and do what the teacher says, probably a good idea. But... You know, as soon as they start to recognize and can make decisions, then, you know, hey, let them know. You need to keep an eye on things, you know. You don't want to, like Kevin had mentioned, you don't want to teach them to live in fear. You want to teach them to be aware of what's in the world. Um, You don't want them to be blindsided. No, you're not going to run around and say, hey, you know, I think there's going to be zombies out there. I think that we're going to have some kind of outbreak and there's going to be walking dead coming up the street. Yeah, probably not good parenting on your part. Um, Tell them, hey, I think that everybody's going to be criminals and whatever. Yeah, probably not a good idea. You know, they're going to come take our food. Uh, The government, all the policemen are bad. They're out to get us. Probably not helpful for your kid. Um, But if you're like, hey, you know, trust what people do. Trust people's, you know, actions. You know, what? what is it uh, Martin Luther King said, right? He said, you know, content of their character. Well, you know what? Just because you're in a policeman uniform doesn't mean you're the great guy. But by somebody's actions, that's how you judge a man and teach your kids that, you know. Um, but again, you know, most of the cops are there to help a kid. You know, it's, you know, you just need to be aware that there's the possibility of danger out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Now go back to go back a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I, I like to get my kids involved with is, is, uh, uh, food, you know, food prepping, you know, we are talking about cooking and, and, uh, you know, preparing meals. I like that idea. Um, I like to get my, my kid involved with uh, food storage. So we are doing some, some storage. So just, just as a cautionary tale, um, I had a couple of boxes of MREs and I had him, you know, stacking them and, and storing them. And uh, about two months later, I went and was checking on the MREs and I opened up the box and there's only one, one MRE left in the, in the top box. This little bastard had been eating them. Um, so, but having them aware of, of the food that you have stored and where it is um, and, and how to preserve it is really important. You know what I mean? If there's a situation where you can't get home and they're stuck at home by themselves, at least they can make their own food. You know, they're not going not gonna to be starving for a day and a half waiting for you to get back to the house. Um, have them aware of how to prepare food. Yeah. It's, it's fine if they can eat, you know, dry cereal from the box, but if they can actually make a healthy meal for themselves um, and know where to get the stuff to do it, you know, that's a great thing. And having them uh, storing with you, storing the food, you know, uh, stacking it up and, and that sort of stuff, it gives them in their mind, it gives them the idea of, of how to prepare for themselves when it comes to them moving out on their own. 
you know, uh, instead of, instead of spending all their money on, on, uh, going out, hanging out with friends and then they get home and all they have is, uh, you know, some ketchup packets in, in the refrigerator. And I've been to people's houses that are, you know, 19, 20 years old that don't know how to budget money at all and don't know how to take care of themselves. And you open the refrigerator and there's, you know, a couple of stale beers and that's it in there. Um, you know, that's, that's a real uh, life skill that, that some people don't have. And it's important to, to teach your kids, not just to how to behave in public and how to behave when they're at home, but how to take care of themselves as they get older and, and grow into adults. But I would even take it one step further and say that, you know, the, uh, they need to learn to trust whoever's in charge. And that's something like I, I listen to some audio books and I always hear like the kid will blurt out, you know, hey, you know, uh, yeah, you know, we store all this stuff. They do need to learn some kind of OPSEC and understanding, you know, that, hey, you know, not all your information is available for everybody. And also maybe they need to defer to mom and dad or whoever's kind of running the show uh, when you come across people that, you know, it might be a situation where things are a little tense. One, they should be able to recognize the situation. But two, they also need to be able to, you know, defer to your leadership. You know, you get the cocky teenager or whatever who wants to be like, well, you know, screw you, what you're doing isn't right. Well, maybe escalating the situation is not always the answer. And we need to teach our kids to kind of trust our judgment as a parent and let you handle business when it's time to handle business. Kids like to think they know it all and, and you know, just make sure they understand respecting authority. You know, one of the books I, I had read, the one of the kids was like, you know, hey, I need to, you know, kind of stand up for what's right. You know, mom and dad always taught me that, you know, this is the good moral thing and I need to protect that. Well, the problem is you end up putting your family, you know, when you pick a fight, actions have consequences. And, you know, yeah, there's four bad guys and, and you might have seven guys. And if you pick a fight, there's a chance one of you might get hurt or something. Now, you don't want to teach your kids to shy away from a fight, but you want to make sure people are fully aware and going into decisions, you know, with a full knowledge and not making think decisions based on you know, emotion, because actions do have consequences. Um, there's a lot of ways and a lot of different, you know, ways we can learn responsibility. Yeah. Um, a great way when we were younger is uh, the Boy Scouts, right? I mean, mm -hmm. definitely can learn some great skills out there. Uh, again, I don't know. I don't know anybody who's had kids in the scouting programs in the last 10, 10 years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, it was awesome. Uh, we did learn some real hardcore skills out there. And I also do know that even when I did do it back a million years ago, it depended what troop you joined. You know, right. there was one one set would be all about like really hands-on, get out there and do. And other ones were more kind of, well, we sit around and babysit your kids and whatever. And it was who the leaders were and how involved they were and how much how much they built confidence in kids. You know, so talk to the people, get to know them if that's something you're going to do. Um, see what's out there. I know a lot of the religious groups, uh, the churches and stuff have different things that, you know, maybe go along that line and maybe even start something like that um, if mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also, as your kids get older, there's a lot of getaways and different trips you can do. One, you can set up and make your own, but there are survival schools out there. Your kids can go to survival schools and, and do things. There are ways to do it. And that costs money. And again, the stuff, if you don't have the money or the budget or the time, maybe you learn some of these skills and you teach your skill, kids the skills on your own. You know, that's, that's how the world works. You, you find mm -hmm. a way, you know, that's the thing. That's your job as a parent. You know, you shouldn't be making kids if 
you're not willing to try and put effort into finding a way. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing, what about like they have these, you know, school lockdowns and things like that. We actually did an episode on what to do in a, uh, you know, some kind of shooter situation and how to hide and how to do whatever. Um, maybe listen to that episode, talk to your kids about things like that, but also talk to your kids about what if you're at school and something bad happens, where do you want your kid to go? Do you want them to kind of, you know, Hey, I'm going to come to the school and get you. Do you want them to try and head home? Do you want them to, you know, whatever. And, and realize the school may not necessarily be down for these situations. You can also talk to the school. Maybe, you know, hey, what happens in these situations? You know, when they have the lockdown, can I come get my kid? Maybe you can. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to wait, work out a plan for something else to happen. You know, you you need to look at these situations as a parent and come up with solutions. You need to find right. a way to deal with it. Um, you know, everybody's always texting and whatever and, and see what you can do. Um I would say as far as prepping, planning to bug out when you have small children, probably not a good plan. Um, you know, maybe it's get in the car and go to grandma's or maybe hike to grandma's at, you know, that's five miles away. Yeah, that might work. But as far as, you know, running off into the woods with a new baby, not going to be a fun time for you. Um, mm-hmm. You need to think about what you're going to do, or at least have some kind of storage locker somewhere, something that you could do. Cause it's not going to be fun traveling with very small children. It's not an easy way. Um, I mean, you know, for limited stuff, you might be able to, uh, you know, set up a bike with a trailer or something. You might be able to work out a plan. Maybe you can work out some kind of four wheelers or whatever. But I imagine if you live in the world where you have four wheelers, you probably live in a place where you might be able to fortify it and make your home more of a uh, sanctuary. Maybe that's when coordinating with your neighbors becomes more important. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, uh, I I was just listening to an audio book uh, just this week where, you know, uh, somebody uh, came in and was like, hey, we need to, um, you know, that it was like after an EMP and they lost electricity and blah, blah, blah. And the town was kind of fend for yourselves and everybody, whatever. And instead she kind of called the town meeting and was like, Hey, look, there's all this food in the grocery store. All the food in the grocery store is going to rot. I know how to can and preserve food. I know how to do this. Let's all work together as a community and make it so that this is going to last for all of us. And we can, you know, those involved, you know, if we gave half back to the guy who owns the grocery store and the rest of us for doing all the work, we're going to get, you know, the other half to divide equally based on, you know, how much work they do. Things like that. Um, My point is, if you have kids, maybe talk to and think of ways that you can work with your community to, you know, protect them and stay and, and stay safe. Maybe it's your apartment building, but again, think of how water, sewer, that kind of things, they're only going to, you know, hold out so long. So, you know, it's all things you need to consider. Um, It just takes planning, but I would say the key to having kids that are going to survive the apocalypse is, or any emergency, a hurricane, a tornado, is by having kids that are confident, having kids Mm -hmm. that you know, or feel like they can take care of themselves because one, not having fear is going to take them so far. And then having the skills to actually take care of themselves is going to take them either even further. And, you know, all you can do is move forward. And I, all I can say is if nothing else, just spending time with your kids and letting them know, you know, that you care about them and you got their back is going to, you know, make your life better anyway. And if you can teach them a skill out of it, even better. And, you know, teaching a kid to go out and take care of business, that's going to be the answer. So that's what I got. If you have ideas, thoughts, things you want to, uh, 
you think that people could do to help prepare for a kid. It'd be great if you posted it in the Prepping Badass group on Facebook. Um, you could email us some of your ideas at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Um, if you have ideas for a new episode, something you think we need to cover that you know maybe we haven't covered well enough or we haven't covered at all, let us know. Otherwise, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.